Hello, everybody, and welcome. I almost forgot to disable or to enable the background audio, but I'm glad I didn't. So now we can all hear each other's wonderful voices from the beginning, rather Our than like- Our screens of despair? Yeah, rather than like, you know, five minutes later when I'm like, all right, this is what happened, and go. And then nothing happens. <laughs> uh, first off, I would also like to say, oh boy, oh geez, it sure is hot in this stream room. Because now I'm wearing that fresh cyber merch. I got my I got my my Blake T-shirt. So now I could go around strut surprising Tiamat. It's a rad time. I love this shirt. It's really comfy. I would suggest am, checking it out. I am working on redesigning that so that I can sell that legally. Well, guess who owns an <laughs> illegal piece of indoor merch this guy so if you want your first run of the merch you better buy now <laughs> and that's that's a fact uh also i wanted to say thank you to uh there were there were several people uh over the break who uh decided that they were going to follow so i wanted to say thank you to kulamali and to varlinene I think that's your name. I'm sorry if I butchered it, but welcome. Uh, so that is uh, that is what I wanted to say thank you to. Uh, also, just so you guys are aware, we are on uh, all of the various audio cast listening places such as uh, Spoofy, uh, <laughs> iTunes, we, we have uh, Stitcher, and now we're also on Podbean. So whenever you are in a listening mood and looking for uh, some indoor adventures, just search that into your podcast listening app and you'll find us. And all you iTunes people out there, I want to say this at the beginning. We hit like 1,500 plays on iOS. So where you at, guys? I'm you should you should give us a five stars or a comments or something to let me know where you're at because I really appreciate all the listenings that you give us each and every week. So I want to say thank you uh, to all you iOS people out there as well. We're doing doing good work. Uh, but that is it for me. So let us get into the meat and taters of this here game. Uh, so. Last week, you guys uh, had picked up off at the end of a Santor-fueled excursion into the Holiday Nexus, where upon returning, you had found out that Cybra was fully grown, uh, and that you all had uh, kind of experienced a different kind of trip to the Holiday Nexus. Gwen and Corey, you guys had met up with uh, Hubris and Kronk of the Tuesday Night Crew, uh, where Corey gained a additional seasonal power. Uh, a Actually, I think calling it a seasonal ability would probably be the best way to describe it, because you absorbed the spirit of the holidays uh, into yourself. Uh, and then... You guys fought a large ublex, which was very gross, uh, but it made for an interesting fight. And in doing so, you guys were able to recover the Runt Axe, which LB has asked me for the stats of this axe before, but I, I hadn't given it out yet. So I wanted to be able to give that to LB on stream, so that way you guys could see her reaction 
upon getting the item that she has wanted for are so long. Are you giving it to me right now? Yes, I was going to give it to you right now. Why is does, why are you not here? How does internet work? There is Gwen. Boop. I'm going to view it. Uh, so, uh, you guys were able to get... Uh, should be able to... Where did it go? All right. I will find it soon. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, you guys were able to recover the axe, uh, that Gwen had gotten, uh, and then found your way out of the Dwarven Mine, uh, which that you guys had saw had a placard on the front that read, closed indefinitely, which was rather weird because the dwarf on the inside said that, well, you know, they were just the skeleton crew working over the weekend, because apparently dwarf weekends are totally a thing. Uh, you guys then made your way uh, to Marisville after recovering uh, your horse and cart. Uh, and upon reaching Marisville, decided to uh, spend your first evening in Land, uh, Land Legs Lounge, a local brothel slash tavern uh, that offered some affordable rates, if you know what I mean. Wink. Uh, and you guys were able to, uh, get a room where, Blake, you were, uh, you performed your ritual with Tarlan, uh, and got into contact with him, and then we ended with, uh, all four of you guys in your room opening up your presents that you had received for, uh, from Secret Santor from the Tuesday Night Crew. Yeah. So you guys got that. What would you guys like to do now that you have opened all of your gifts and are now just kind of standing in this room? Uh, and Cybra has kind of uh, kind of sat down uh, by the side of a wall and is just kind of like uh, shoulder slouched forward, head just on her paws, eyes asleep or eyes closed. She doesn't really seem to have too much input at this point. Uh, yeah. Calum is like just quietly putting his books in his bag <laughs> putting the silk rope in his bag and then the manacles is like into the bag <laughs> this mug is fucking awesome guys oh my god oh <laughs> uh, dude I don't know what this is though and she holds up the lavender soap some sort of like bag freshener or something no that's I think that that's soap <laughs> That's, that's a that's a Gwen freshener. Oh um, oh well, I mean, like, why do you need soap that isn't soap supposed to like make you not smell? Oh, this makes you smell nicer. Nice to who? And I was shoving it in my bag. <laughs> People who <laughs> like floral scents. Yeah, I guess. Like a personal potpourri. Nice. What'd you guys get? What everyone get? I want to know. Mm. Well, first off, thank you, uh, oh, Gwen, yeah. for these. Uh, the glass uh, hollow point crossbows. Crossbow bolts. Yeah. That way when they hit, they explode. If if I if I put the right reagents in them, yeah. Yeah. Might take a little bit to get that, but... Cool. I put names on them. I hope you don't mind. I know you don't normally like to name your stuff, but now I have to keep track of which ones that I use. <laughs> you don't have to. I'm gonna. Okay. He's gonna do it. Cora, what'd you get? Oh, 
she like flumps the saddle down in front of her. It's like, I won't be able to use it quite yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Where are you going to keep that? Just carry it around. Alright. I don't know. Could probably just leave it on the cart. Uh, exactly. I'm going to leave it on the cart. <laughs> oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> Dude, I haven't gotten a Santar treat since I was like a kid. This is awesome. I've never yeah. gotten a Santar treat. I can see the appeal. He's a pretty boss-ass dude. Uh, I mean, yeah. It seemed kind of weird to me, to be completely honest. Were, were those gloves or his actual hands? I think they were Don't his hands. question, Santar. There are many mysteries in this world. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's weird? Uh... This, this fey creature that goes around giving children presents. Yeah. It seems fake. Well, I mean, maybe it's just because you never got any. Why would I? Did you ever write to him? I didn't know he existed until like a week ago. Oh. Well, Actually, now we're going to write to him. Basically, <laughs> yesterday. Oh, today. Wasn't that today? Yeah, it was earlier today. Because <laughs> you guys are like, this is the Feels later like evening. <laughs> Lake's time behind the fourth wall confuses him. <laughs> <laughs> Close my eyes, and it feels like weeks has passed. And I open mm -hmm. them. I'm still in this goddamn cave, crossbow <laughs> pointing forward. <laughs> Oh no, it's it's horrifying. Yeah. <coughs> Caleb, what'd you get? Um, rope? Yeah. Got some silk rope. Cool. Do you know That's... how to tie knots? Uh I could learn. I'm learning. I I I'm learning. Yeah. Oh, um, well that could be pretty useful. I, think... I don't think it's like a bowline knot though. It's gonna get a little weird. <laughs> Why do you look like you're changing colors, dude? You're, like, not pale anymore. Me? Yeah, you're a bit <laughs> flushed. I have been drinking. That's right. Yeah. You guys uh, hear a knock at the door. Uh, and then you just hear, uh, Can I get you any refreshments? Or... It's just general hospitality. If there's anything that... Anyone would like, uh, particularly, I can bring it out. Who is this? Did, did she open the door? No, it was just a, a, a knock and then talking through the door. <laughs> she saw the sock that Gwen decided to open over and then not grab. So she's just more of like a gentle knock, like, if there's anything you need, <laughs> let me know. Juice, cookies, all nine yards. Uh, and then you An hear... break. Yeah. And then she ends up moving down a little bit, and she no uh, you hear her knock uh, on another door as well. Mm -hmm. Did we bring the rest of the bottle of whiskey up here? Uh, We can say yes. Sure. Like fisting it. So what did you guys see? You guys did, as I recall... From you 
talking 10 minutes ago, cult mm. shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you okay, bud? I don't really think so. But Do you want to talk about it? Not right now. Right. Get blind drunk? He is in the process of doing that. Sweet. <laughs> Take offense to that. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I. Ooh, oh. Sorry. That was unfortunate. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> is there anything else we want to do tonight? Like, I mean, I'm pretty, like, exhausted. <laughs> no, I, I think all I really want to do is go the fuck to sleep. And then tomorrow we can talk about going to see the merchant captain. Speaking of, hey, Corey. Hmm? So, hmm. Remember a while back, did I mention that to them? Where, like, the library was open in my brain's part space and then the ravens were stealing knowledge out of it? Yes. I think you did. You did. Yeah. Um... We might have to hunt down some ravens in my brain space. She's going to grab him by the shoulders and be all like, when? Uh, um, I need to get some stuff first. Hopefully, I don't know. I need to plan it out. Maybe tomorrow night? Oh, okay. I'm free whenever. Uh, Caleb, what do you need? Um, maybe a bow, honestly. Which kind of bow? Uh, I think I'm only proficient in simple. Let me see. You could use a sling. I could use a sling. A boomerang. Because boomerangs a... are strength-based. I have a light crossbow. I don't know if that's a simple weapon. A net is not a bad idea. Well, it, at any rate, I kind of want to try and trap one, and then you could use your beast speech to talk to it. And hopefully find out the location of where the other gem babies are. We've got to find something different to call these things. Memories? Yeah, sure, why not? Gemries. Gem I like it. It's better than gem baby, so we're going with it. Baby steps. <laughs> All right, so is that your guys' current plan is to just retire for the evening? All right. Yeah. So Blake is getting drunk in the room. Uh, Calum is, last I remember, you were still researching through the Hags notebook. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, Corey, were you going to stay in the room as well, or were you going to go out and hang out in the lobby? You know, um, now that Corey knows that this is a brothel, I don't think she necessarily wants to stay in the lobby. <laughs> So um, I think she's going to trance in Blake's room tonight okay. um, and keep an eye on him. All right. And then, Gwen, you said that you wanted your your stanky sex room all to yourself because you I felt bad. I said that I should probably have it all to myself. It's probably aired out by now, right? Yeah, it's, it's fine. There was, a, there was a nice breeze that ran through. It's carried most of it outside and, like, to be honest, most of this place 
smells a little bit worse than the room that you had, so it's really not that bad. Cool. If, if not, you have soap. I guess. <laughs> I don't really know how to use soap like that, but, uh... Uh... Yeah, Corey, you want to, like, try and brush my hair at some point? Because it's kind of a mess right now. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. All right. Yep. So we got the girls Corey. in one room, boys in the other. <laughs> Corey is gentle. She's a gentle hairbrusher. Okay, okay, good. All right. So, yeah, Corey and Gwen both head off. Uh, and Calum, you get uh, you spend some time researching over your book. Uh, Blake, are you just getting hammed? Uh, enough to take the edge off, and then he's just going to sleep. Okay, yeah. So you finish the bottle of whiskey, uh, and then you just lie down on the bed, and you just start passing out. And you see Cybra uh, hops up on the bottom part of the bed where your feet are, and she just kind of lays down as well. And Caleb, you see this as well. You see Cybra hop up on the bed. It is your call whether or not you want to tell her not not up or you're going to let her go. Don't on. you dare. Caleb <laughs> gets up, walks to the door and pokes his head out and looks for like the person in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, excuse me, a pitcher of water and some glasses, please. Uh, and the person nods. Uh, it's one of the human uh, purveyors of this area. Uh, and then in about five ten minutes she comes back uh and hands you uh just hands you a pitcher of water sets down some glasses for you so that way you can just read and then she politely bows and walks away Galen like fumbles gives her like five gold silver yeah she just looks at it looks at you and just kind of like looks past you a little bit and it's just like i mean your friend's in the room if that's going to be the case it will be a little bit extra for the water it's fine the water's free all right take it as a tip he closes the door <laughs> okay <laughs> okay i'm uh, just gonna set the pitcher of water on the nightstand Alrighty, sounds good so yeah blake is asleep calem is reading and then it is Corey and gwen in the room uh adjacent where Corey is going to be just brushing the shit out of gwen's hair <laughs> literally Yes, literally and metaphorically. Um, Gwen's going to be getting some uh, Feywild elven braids. Cool. I thought you were going to say lore. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So, funny thing about Corallon, and just <laughs> continues brushing. Now, this is called a Corallon braid. Is it, and like, elven and shit? Yes. That's no perfectly cool, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in in halfling society, we used to have these stupid elaborate braids that we had to wear for like events oh. and stuff. Yeah, it's more like a crown, though. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Or like I buns on the side. Yeah. Yes. Yes. An updo. Mm -hmm. Make you look yes, rounder yes. and more appealing. You know, childbearing shit. I, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Well, elves don't have children very often, so we don't really marry for that quite as much. Really? 
Yes. Oh. I mean, that's pretty much all we marry for, or they marry for, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, my, my mother married because, frankly, she... Usually elves are marrying for, like, a status symbol or, mm-hmm. you know, to, for titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's you, all very political. But my mother married for love. Oh, well, that's nice. I was supposed to marry for that other stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of the reasons why I left, honestly, but... Um, Coriander's going to pull a purple handkerchief with, like, really fancy embroidery all over it and uh, just kind of hand it to Gwen and get back to braiding her hair and be like, well, my mother gave me this handkerchief uh, because it was a favor from one of her many suitors and she always likes to remind me that you can marry whoever you want and you can turn down whoever you want. Sounds like a bitch ass boss. That's good. Sorry. Yes. That's good. <laughs> no, no, you've got it exactly right. That is precisely how I would describe my mother. <laughs> is she like a lot older than you? Like, how does that work in like elf society? probably several hundred years honestly and do you come of age at like like do you grow up in like 20 years or do you like does it take like 50 years for you to become an adult like physically yes physically i'm an i'm an adult um we we age about the same way that humans do it's just Mm. in a society where people live for so long Mm -hmm. gaining the respect offered to an adult right right a a decades long Mm -hmm. affair yeah no i see that i totally feel that we're like i am very young how young 20-ish, I think. It's weird in the Feywild. Really? I'm older than you? Holy shit. (laughs) I am technically an adult in my, well, in the halfling society, so there's that too, so. How old are you? I'm 33 now. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. 33. Oh, which is the coming of age, age. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how halflings age, so I, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, it's like in human years, I'd probably be about 18. Ah, okay. No, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not sure that I act like it. <laughs> <laughs> At least most of the adults I know I don't act like. Yeah. Well, maybe perhaps not like a halfling, but like a Goliath. Oh, I'd be like old in Goliath years. Like I got to them when I was like I was like eight years ago or something like that. So like for them, they aged a lot faster than me, especially. 
So like, I would, I mean, like age wise, I don't think maturity wise, I was adult in Goliath years, but yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Races, right? I, you know, we're all different. Mm -hmm. Just, just the way the gods made us. Yep. Anyway, as I was saying about Corallon. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like gradually fades yeah. into Corey talking to Gwen more and more and more about Corallon <laughs> until eventually your hair is perfectly groomed. But you are just dead inside. Like, that was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst time you've had. <laughs> because there wasn't an escape. It's not like you could, like, zone out and look at the surrounding area as you passed by on the cart. You were just trapped. <laughs> In her head, I've made a mistake. <laughs> Uh, but yes, eventually, uh, eventually you do, uh, end up getting your hair finished, uh, and then Corey begins her meditation and Gwen, uh, you spend some time just kind of like cinched up with this axe and if you would like, you can attune to it, uh, as it I does would. require attunement. All right. So now that you have attuned, it is in your item. So all of you people on, uh, Twitch, if you go to Gwen's character sheet, you can also check out the item, uh, the Runt Axe, which should be a very good time. I'm going to refresh my page because <laughs> I didn't see it. Yes. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, shit. Yay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, cool. Yes. So, enjoy the run tax. <laughs> yeah. Wield. All right. Achoo. So, you guys end up going through your full night's rest. Uh, and, Calum, are you meditating or are you sleeping? Uh, He hasn't visited Brother Groot in a while, so he's probably just going to plop down on the floor, cover himself with his cloak, and go to sleep. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, you find yourself uh, with Brother Groon as well uh, in his familiar chambers, uh, and he continues the reading lesson that you guys have been uh, performing. So he is going to make a charisma check, you make the intelligence check, and we shall figure it out. Sixteen. All right, he got a eleven. So it was one of the more drier lessons that you've had. It's like the difference between two A's and A E, and then just an A with two dots above it. Like there was just a lot. There, it was just a lot of like dealing with small little bits about a particular letter or two, uh, and so you don't end up being able to. Uh, <laughs> Elvi just died. Uh, but you don't end up being able to um, get a lot of this taken. Uh, you don't get a lot of actual knowledge from this. A lot of this is a course refresher. Uh, so in your progress sheet, put down two markings. Okay. Where did I leave those? Cool. I'm at 14 for your notes. All right. Sounds good. That's perfect. 
Gwen has now found out that she can lift 420 pounds. Dude, fuck y'all. I'm going to carry the cart. <laughs> we don't need this <laughs> dumbass horse. If I give her strength on top of that. Oh, yeah. You guys can make a tiny monster. And that's the purpose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you guys all wake up in the morning uh, newly refreshed. Uh, and, Calum, you actually wake up to Cybra just kind of, like, pawing at the door. Uh, kind of, like, needs to go outside. Yeah, I'm going to open the door and follow her out. Okay. Yeah, so you follow uh, Cybra outside, and you can see that it is... It's getting a little bit colder now. Uh, it definitely was to begin with on uh, on your guys' initial journey into Marisville. But the town itself being located in a bay allows these very, very cool winds to blow in from over the ocean. Uh, so it is actually... It, there's a, a that smell of sea air as well as just kind of a, a little bit of a more uh, frigid feeling in the morning. And Cyber goes about and does her business, no problem. Uh, just kind of finds a place off to the side uh, and then comes back to you. Uh, just very excited. And as you guys uh, are making your way back uh, to the resting place, to your bedroom, uh, you can see that there are still just one or two people still lounge, uh, leaning up against the bar that make eyes at you and just, hey, how's it going? As you walk by, uh, they seem to have at least some on staff all hours of the day. Uh, but the uh, the people that had introduced themselves to you the night before uh, are currently not staffed. So they're the night shift, got it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Is this like the like the B team? Like early morning one? I mean, I'm... It's kind of a B team. It's like Tuesday night at a strip club. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the real selling point was the free steaks. <laughs> or the fried chicken. Yep. Gwen's going to get up and she's going to like... Like, she probably feels different, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as like she sees Cybra and like... She's going to feel the strength. She's going to try and lift Cyra over her head. Just, like, palm her. Okay. Make an animal handling check. <laughs> you love me, don't you, doggy? Unless you just want to grapple this dog and lift. No. <laughs> grapple your wolf. That's a five. Okay. And Cybra sees you coming up to her with your hands out like the I'm gonna get you stance and she just like backs up behind Calum and just always seems to put him between you and her. She wants nothing to do with this. Guys, I feel fucking incredible. Like like I was strong before but holy shit I feel strong now. I want to lift something. All right. Blake, can I lift you? Sure. Yeah. You can try. <laughs> and she's going to attempt to lift him up. No, there is there is no like check necessary for this. Your base lift is 420 pounds. Oh so Blake. <laughs> so Blake, how much do you weigh? I did all my Features and traits in D and D Beyond. 
Oh no, it's not description. Two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Yeah. So Corey and Caleb, you just see Gwen laughing maniacally, just grab hold of Blake and just lifts him up off the ground, this tiny form just maintaining him above her head. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> I will put you down, but I feel so good. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and... I, I made that weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> and like a carnival strong man, Gwen just single-handedly sets Blake back down. I'm going to tear some shit up now. <laughs> and Gwen just like laughs and walks out of the room. We may have created a monster. Mm. Uh, well, yes, but we are monster. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh something that I don't think we'll have to deal with. Uh and Blake will cut his hand. Okay. <laughs> uh it's a nineteen. Okay. Uh yeah. Mark that down. It's a good nineteen. Yeah, that is good. Yes. So, uh, Gwen, are you walking out into the main area, or are you just, like, strutting out confidently out into the street? I'm strutting out onto the street, like, hands on my hips, axe on my back, ready to take on the world. And the rest of you have seen as well that this axe, uh, where previously it had just looked comically large on Gwen's back seems to have actually shifted in size and is now more fit to Gwen's actual shape. Hmm. Interesting. It's like a smite for you. Nice. Uh, oh, to the merchant captain. I think that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Unless you want to drop your 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 gift off at the cart. Yeah, Corey, you just have this large saddle. <laughs> well, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, and luckily the cart. Um, yeah. Perhaps I could just meet you somewhere in town. I mean, we'll come. We'll come with you. It's a little early to do official business i assume okay yeah the the stables are just right around the corner from where the land legs lounge was uh so you guys make your way there you find matthew the attendant uh he seems to be very sleepy uh he has the very heavy bags in his eyes and uh he just kind of gives you gives you a wave as he's feeding horses uh and other uh, and other kinds of beasts of burden that have all been left. Yep. I remembered him. So Coriander's gonna run up and say, Hello, Matthew. You remembered? <laughs> he just looks really happy. Uh, she's just gonna smile, like, really big, and dump that saddle into the cart. Okay. Yeah, so you leave your saddle there and then make your way back to the rest of the group. Uh, and then you guys start making your way down to uh, down to Marisville as a proper 
city. It's still a very odd sight to see as it is just a collection of boats and ships that have all been kind of tied up next to each other with gangplanks and other bridges and boards set out so that way you can kind of maneuver yourself in between them uh, as long as you don't trip. Uh, that is a very, very important thing, but you also see that most of the areas where you could possibly fall into have been covered over with nets uh, to reduce this very same thing. Uh, and as you guys are looking around, uh, you end up finding, uh, or at least you had been told where to find uh, the uh, merchant Captain Blessington, who lived on the central ship. Uh, and as you get to this central ship, you can actually see that there is what looks to be a um, kind of like a bill outside, just a bill of service that lets you know what uh, things you can actually find on this ship. Uh, it seems like their post office is also located there, uh, and it is listed as the central mast. Um, so you would know, go to the central mast, that's where you will find the post office. Uh, and then at the bow... Uh, you can see that there is a, um, I have it written down right here. Sorry. I'm the worst. Uh, it is called, uh, Horsegrand's Habits. Uh, and it has what looks to be, uh, two mugs clinking against each other. Uh, and then, uh, in the aft castle, uh, that is where you can find, uh, the merchant captain Blessington. Interesting. Um, when Coriander sees the post office, she suddenly remembers the letter that she sent home. Um, and she's going to uh, whack Caleb on the arm. Ow. Like smack. Caleb, where's your familiar? I, you know, I don't actually know. Probably somewhere in the Feywild. Hmm. Okay, we're going to have to... <laughs> it's like I can hear him now. <laughs> I'm not dead. We love you, Frankie. Love you, Franklin. What a good cat. We're going to have to look into <laughs> that. I... And see what happened to him. I mean... I could technically summon him here it's just I don't know if he's delivered your letter or not I mean it's probably not a big deal if he hasn't I just I feel bad that you've been without your familiar for so long mm. we'll give him till day's end and when we retire back to the room I'll summon him oh yeah we're not staying there again guys those rooms were hella expensive. Oh. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, okay. Is there is there like a steward around uh for the for the aft castle? Uh I would say yes at this point. Uh, and you can see that it's a pretty wide, uh, it's a pretty wide entryway to actually go towards the back. Uh, and you can just see that there is, um, there are a set of doors that are placed up and one of them is kind of folded half open. Uh, and you can see that there are wooden bars 
And it just looks like a... Uh, it looks like a dwarf is actually uh, sitting at the desk uh, and just looks up uh, at the lot of you and just... Are you here for the merchant, Captain? Uh, yes, we have some information about the uh, the mine outside of town. It's very popular, that mine. Uh, you're going to have to wait for first party to get done, uh, but then you can have your pick. Uh, it shouldn't be more than five, ten minutes, if you don't mind waiting. Have our pick of what? Well, the captain, really. Oh. His time is occupied. No, yeah. What are they in there for? Well, uh, one of the mine owners uh, is very upset uh, about, uh, apparently, there, there's some bodies found in there. Uh, over the last evening, he wasn't too happy about it, and apparently some mining was going on without his knowing, and, mm. well, we think that we may have caused kind of a problem, or at least the miners did. Right. Right, that's... But that you is didn't that hear it from about. me. Of course. <laughs> like, what problems? Well, uh, apparently... Some people from a couple towns over have been saying that they've uh, seen a population increase of uh, these large white bug creatures. Mm. And the the owner that's in there right now, he knew that those bugs were down in the mine. But apparently somebody was doing some mining anyways. What a bastard. Just shakes his head. What if, uh, what would, what would the, uh, the dude pay if we, like, cleared it out for him? What do you think? Just between us. So I have no idea. Oh. I work for the captain. I don't work for Denzig. Who? Uh, Denzig Kralder. He's the owner of the mine. Oh. Well, one of them. The other owner's Tobias Bronzefire. If you see him, tell him Denzig's back in town. He's looking for him. Roger. Uh. <laughs> that owner wouldn't happen to be in there right now, would he? Denzig? Yeah, Denzig's in there. He and some of his other boys. Uh, a lot of disgruntled miners, as soon as Denzig came back, they all flooded him, saying that Tobias had closed down the mine. And we got all these bugs. If we perhaps want to have a conversation with both of them, is that something that you could arrange? I... You know... I... I, I probably could. Uh, it really depends on if he's feeling like talking as soon as he comes out. He seemed pretty pissed going mm -hmm. in. Uh, mm -hmm. But I can go and put my ear up to the door at least and see if mm -hmm. maybe their voices have calmed down enough that I could poke my head in, uh, <laughs> let him know. Because if you're looking to talk to the both of them, I don't understand why you wouldn't just Wait. talk to the both. Mm -hmm. We're more looking to, like, see what we can do for both of them. Oh! This, this might be a mutual, mutually beneficial thing. Well, that... Hold on. Uh, and you see this dwarf just kind of hop down. Very, uh, very thick, bushy, brown beard. Uh, very dark, curly hair. And just kind of uh, quickly shuffles back uh, down a hallway. And then you hear a little pause. And then uh, the click of a door... And you guys hear some kind of hushed voices. 
and then coming back out, the dwarf says, "This all right? I c uh, apparently, they gotten done doing most of the talking that they were looking on doing. Uh, Denzig was probably going to be heading out here anyways, so yeah, come on in." Uh, and he hops back down, and you guys see where there had just been kind of this wooden side door. It opens from the inside. There doesn't seem to be an actual handle or anything on the outside. Oh, it's just down here. Uh, Captain Blessington likes to, uh, well, he lives back here, so it's not only his place of business, but his home, as well as, well, his ship. Uh, so, we likes to make everything sure is ship-shaped within his town as well. So, you don't mind? Uh, and he just kind of leads you guys through uh, just a, a quick little hallway. Uh, and then it opens up to uh, to a door on the left. And when he opens it up, uh, you guys can see that there is uh, the back wall of this large galleon that has a, that has a lot of windows uh, that are set out. So that way, uh, a lot of natural light is coming in. You see that there is this large table set in front where sprawled out uh, on it, you can see what looks to be a representation of... Uh, Marisville, but using these uh, little wooden representation of boats that all seem to just be carefully clustered and placed throughout the table. Uh, and then uh, as you walk in, uh, you can see that there's this dwarf with what looks to be uh, kind of a darker black hair uh, in his beard, but it just has streaks of white running all throughout it, uh, as well as this Dwarf's hair is also kind of white and pushed more towards the back. He looks much older uh, than Tobias Bronzefire, the other owner of this mine. Uh, and uh, he just seems to be arms folded looking uh, straight ahead. And as you guys walk in, you can see that there is uh, that the captain wears uh, has a like tricorner hat currently set down on the table is backs to you. Uh, he's wearing this very large blue coat uh, that you can tell is uh, more of a more adorning his position of authority uh, and bald of head. And as he turns around, you can see that he kind of has a more fuller face. He says, so you're the ones who just came into my town. His arms folded, just looking at you. Uh, yeah, that would that would be us. All right. Well. You used to pay all the money to actually bring all your things into town. Pay for yourselves. Wait, what? A what? It's a tax. It's a tariff. For what? For stuff. Use. Oh, for us as yes. people? Where do we pay that? You can pay here. Okay. Insight check this? Yeah. Wait, uh, first, insight. Before I make this insight check, yes. is this person a human? Yes. Then yes, I'm making the inside yeah. check. He just arms folded in front of him, and Denzig just kind of looks at him as he does. Eight. All right. Uh, so as uh, as this human kind of like puts his hand out for you guys to pay him, uh, you see that Denzig just look, Captain. Can we please deal with this at a different time? I'll pay their fucking fine. I don't care. I was told that you four could help me with a problem. And bless and Captain Blessington just, well, I mean, yeah, but all right, I'm putting it on your tab. And he just walks over and you see him start filling out a piece of paper. 
So, what can you do to help me with my mine? And are you strong enough to hold a pick? I think we all are, actually. Well, uh, no, but, okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> but first off, um, you've closed down the mine recently, right? No. I did. didn't. Tobias did. Uh, can you describe your partner really quickly? He's a little bit shorter than me. Red beard, looks copper in sunlight. Head full of fiery red hair. Is he like detail for detail describing the yeah. dead body that we found? Yeah. Um, um, Corey. Oh. Okay then. I regret to inform you that He's it dead. seems that you're Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, this is much easier. Look, when I found out my mine had been closed, I went to go inspect the mine. His body was still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got killed by this creature that was called a like I don't know, I don't know what it's called. Anyways, it was a big old bastard. Uh, and ooze creature that seemed to be mimicking him, as well as a few other workers. I see. And you four took care of this? Uh, we killed the ooze, yes, but I'm afraid the cavefishers are still crawling their way well, out. Uh, see, that was the very reason I didn't want to mine further into into where we were going. It was too deep. We saw that there were going to be all those fucking cave fishers. And they've made their way about as far as Silk Creek. Well, looks like I'll just need to have to close off the mine then. Not the place where we actually mine, but close off from the top, make sure they can't keep coming up and escaping. You saw the giant crack in the land, right? Yeah, I saw that last night. I was wandering right. around. Just making sure the figured, close off thing is going to be like actually up top. I figured it was probably the result of one of those one of my blasting sticks that probably went off a little bit harder than it should have. Probably that sounds, you know, like like a thing that could have happened. I was gone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was over on the Isle of Arask, making sure that we could open up a good trade deal with people. Mm. But it's kind of hard to open trade negotiations when you come back and you find out your mind's been closed. Mm-hmm. But? What potentially could help you? More dwarves? More people who know how to mine? It's just going to take a little bit for me to actually open this back up, but I can't very well go back to Arask and make sure that everything's handled. One of the two managers I thought I could trust. Well, you all saw firsthand what happened to him. Okay. So, you said that you could help me. How? We already, as we said, took care of the zoos. Uh, we're in the line of mercenary work, if 
if you have need of that. Mercenaries, no. I don't have need of mercenaries. What about the cave fishers? Surrounding towns might have need of mercenaries. Cave fishers weren't a problem before we started mining off of the actual map. Mm. We use a series of arcane and natural sounding to make sure that we aren't fucking with anything we aren't supposed to be fucking with. Then what do you have need of? I have need of somebody going back again with a contract, sorts, to let my trade partners know that the mine is indeed actually open. Because again, nothing really makes a situation flaccid. Like being in the middle of a trade conversation and then having your associate receive a newsletter saying, hey, your mind's fucking closed. <laughs> so, I am going to be looking for people to be going over to Arask. Like, the o on the ocean? Yes. Right. Guys, I don't think uh, we can do this. I'm going to nudge uh, Caleb. We actually do have friends in arrest that we may be able to get back in touch with. Yes, isn't that where we're supposed to be going in a few months? Go up north towards what? the area. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hello. I got to get closer. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess Farron, Mugworth, and Prescott are up in Arras. We could meet up with them yeah but do any we don't really know how to i mean do you guys know how to boat there are I probably mean, charters learn. going out to rask uh actually if you wanted to uh send us as emissaries over there uh we could certainly help you with that You're looking to be mercenaries for me. Then well, that is something. Had, no. Then that <laughs> is something that we can arrange. If you are looking to go over, but I don't have any way of understanding your background. I don't know you other than the fact that you said that you slayed the things that were in my mind, which, how did you get in my mind if it was locked? We fell. Magic. Hmm. We were chasing yeah, some insects, of... honestly. Yeah. And he looks at you, Gwen, when you say magic. And he looks at Corey. And he looks at Blake. He looks at Calum. <laughs> he looks at Blake. Wizard? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am obviously <laughs> the wizard of the group. All right. I'm offended. Gwen <laughs> thinks it's true. Gwen <laughs> nods. All right. Well, it just furthers the point that we need to close off the top part of the mine. Right. Make sure there's no access out into the open again. Right. There's a lot of gems back there that could easily be like... A pretty prominent vein of silver, too. Mm -hmm. How about this? Because, again... I don't know you. I'm not going to trust my business dealings with four people I literally just met. 
That's fine. That's understandable. However, I know ship captains, and I know ship captains looking for mercenary work for going through the sea. They're only going to be going to Aratsk if you want to go past where they are, if you want to go back to Shroudport. Yeah. Or, if you're looking to go more towards Vascor, you can. Can't I just, like, lift heavy things for you? And then you give me money? Do you want to work in the mine? Not for a long time. But if you want help closing up that shit, I can just, like, lift boulders. That sounds pretty handy. Well, we you know, get passage to things. Someone has to be the working one. So, I can call in a few favors, see what captains are going to be heading out soon. Then, how am I going to get into contact with you? I don't know what you are. We are the four keeps. And Gwen kind of like, like, gets a little bit bigger. Defenders of uh, the keeps and each other. <sighs> Sorry. Sounds absolutely terrifying. How about Thanks. this? How about go to the bow, have a few drinks, I'll talk things out, and I'll see about possibly getting you all a ride. If that's where you're wanting to go as a way to repay me. Or as a way of just making work. Because I can pay you if you ensure that this boat gets to the other side. That seems exactly like what we were cut out for. What are we exactly protecting the boat from? Aren't boats like... Big. And at that point, Captain Blessington just well and just kind of does like a little shimmy shake and then looks over towards you guys. So there might be a reason why I like to make sure everything coming in this town is taken care of. Because as soon as you go out into the ocean, things get Weird. How's We're good with weird. Uh, there are. Huh? It follows us. All right. Well, cool. Cheers. Um. Yep. Uh, is there anyone who can tell us about the stuff on the ocean, like up front, and like to someone who can like listen and just write shit down? And I point at Caleb. So you're looking for... A lore master. Uh, and he just kind of looks at you and just... Uh, and uh, Denzig is just like... Look. I'm going to go find somebody. I will meet you at the, at the bow of the ship. In the bar. How about that? Sounds good, dude. Just hang out there. Drinks are on me. Woo! 
just sets off. And then uh, Captain Blessington uh, says, well, um, I mean, we don't really have a law master. The ocean's pretty big. You know, not most everybody hasn't explored the ocean before. It's true. Do you have a library? No. Dang it. I have trade manifests. Uh, if you want to know if anything's possibly come through here within the last however long, more than welcome to to look through it, keep very good records. Um, but if you're looking for a law master, uh, I... I'm, I'm just gonna like put my hand on uh, Caleb's shoulder and like reach down uh, to like whisper in his ear. Just ask questions. Ah. Which way's the bar? Oh, it's uh, if you just go out onto the uh, deck of the ship and head straight, straight towards the bow. Gives you guys a thumbs up. Right. Uh, thank you for arranging this, and we're sorry about your partner. Oh. So, he left. Yeah, that guy left. Oh. I didn't lose anybody. Uh, I then I would oh. not have said that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. So then you guys make your way uh, out of the out of Captain Blessington's quarters uh, and begin uh, heading towards. Yeah. I always forget the name of this goddamn bar. Horace Grand's Habits. Uh, and you guys make your way to the front, and you can see that the uh, on the deck of this ship there is actually uh, what looks to be a doorway uh, that's kind of that has these uh, wooden planks around it. So as you open it up, you can see that there is a stairwell that just leads down. Uh, and going down into the stairwell, you can just see that this is very much a dwarf bar. There are a lot of dwarves in here. There are some humans uh, and a few uh, a few other races as well. There's a half-orc who's currently in an arm wrestling competition with another dwarf, uh, as well as a half-elf who uh, is just kind of sitting in the corner, just kind of strumming away uh, idly on a lute. Uh, but you guys do manage to find an open table. Uh and as you are waiting to kind of come down the come down the stairs uh, and find yourself a table, Cybro just kind of like looks at you, and then looks down into the tunnel, and just kind of like stands at the top of the steps and like isn't really sure. Cyber heal. And she just sort of like doesn't really want to, and then just kind of tenderly walks down the stairs she doesn't she is not uh she's not a fan of stairs um, oh as we're walking sorry <laughs> gwen's just gonna ask so when we go on a boat like to do this stuff there is zero swimming involved right yeah Unless that's the point of having a boat all right cool just wanted to make sure and i didn't want to ask a stupid question i mean not unless you go over why would i go over Rough water, monster attack, probably like harpies and sirens and rocks and all that stuff. If, if, if we over. happen to get boarded and our ship starts to sink, gotta go into the water. I mean, there might be dinghies, but there might not be enough room in the dinghies. Gwen or is just staring off into the distance. 
Yeah, Coriander doesn't seem concerned about Gwen until you say sirens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just jam some wax in your ears and cover your eyes. Right. Um, I'm just gonna go like see if those guys want to arm wrestle. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm gonna like uh, sit next to Calum at this uh, open table. Okay. All right. Calum's screeching cyber. Now, Calum. Hmm. Uh, I I've been taken out on a lot of missions where things get weird. And we usually don't have a lot of information going in. The thing about that is people are usually talking in places like this. Just listen. You'll probably hear a story or two. The best part is you don't even have to talk most of the time. talking part sounds really good. Uh, so, can I assist Calum on an investigation check? Do you see I would what... say this is going to be a perception check. Investigation okay. would be if you were actively communicating with people and trying to get uh, more of a conversation. But if you're just like steadily walking by people in the hopes that they're like, so this one time I was out at sea, <laughs> like that's mm -hmm. going to be more of a, per, uh, of a perception check. Okay. Yeah. Calum like sits down, perks his ears. I got a 20, not natural. Okay. So <laughs> you're about to lean over to whisper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper it so only you can hear. Uh, so what you end up hearing, uh, just kind of like keeping your ears open, uh, and your elvish hearing does make it a little bit easier. Uh, but you find uh, that it's actually a conversation uh, that's happening between the half elf bard uh, as well as the um, the dwarf that is at the table. As a lot of the conversation that's happening around you is in Dwarvish, uh, do you speak Dwarvish? I do. All right. So yeah, uh, where others would have a more difficult time uh, kind of picking up on things. This is still a lot, uh, but in common you hear uh, this bard kind of uh, asking uh, of, the, uh, of the barkeep just says, um, well, there's a there's a new one that I've I heard from a couple towns over. I was wondering, is it okay if I try it here? And the bartender's like, I don't fucking care. It's like ten in the morning. You play whatever. Like he just does not care about the song that's being played. Uh, and then Caleb, you're also kind of uh, listening around and like getting hints and and uh, understanding at least. Uh, it's been a while since you've heard people a lot of people speaking dwarf very loudly and very fast. Uh, but what you end up hearing is that, um, that there is currently a issue with, uh, groups of roving, uh, pirates between Marisville and the Isle of Arathsk. Uh, it seems like, uh, but the pirates only ever stay, uh, they never get within six miles of the coastline of the island proper, uh, as 
they uh, as they all fear that uh, the layer of a, of a rask will actually extend out past that point. So the pirates, they don't want to fuck with a dragon who lives over an island uh, if they're fucking with any kind of uh, mercantile goods. But there are small subsets of islands, uh, just little pepperings throughout, none that are larger than a mile wide at most, mostly just sand and seagrass. Uh, but these have been uh, used by different pirates uh, as kind of like their coves. And the people that are talking, uh, one of them is saying how uh, he saw with one of these groups of pirates that uh, that there were these flying creatures that they had with them that looked like the workers from Arathsk. He didn't really understand how what they were doing this far away from the island. Uh, but... He wasn't too concerned. Their their ship was quick enough that since they were on their return trip, they weren't really carrying much of anything, and the wind was in their favor. But you do hear that there is uh, that there are pirate that there is some pirate activity, uh, as well as you hear uh, one or two mentions of sea elves. His shoulder throbs a little bit. <laughs> And I'll relay this information back to Blake. All right. I mean, it's been a bit since we had a proper fight. I mean, air quotes, proper. Against uh, people. It's been a while since we've done civil damage. <laughs> Does Cyber know? about that like not to go for the jugular immediately I'll work on it uh, hopefully Corey will be able to tell her alright so you guys are kind of figuring out this uh, just kind of listening in making sure that everything's uh, everything's good Corey what were you doing while Caleb and Blake were like listening around intently for information that might be uh being spread honestly i think Corey is watching the bard really intently just like trying like she probably even gets out her little music box recorder thing or thingy think thingamajigger and um is fiddling with that the entire time okay uh and then uh gwen I would like for so you walk up uh, and you see that this half orc just slams down uh, the arm of a dwarf that he had been wrestling in, and he just <laughs> oh, and he just breaks in this small pile of coins and just <laughs> better luck next time uh, as he is just kind of folds his arms, grabs another beer that he's been drinking, and just continues to pound it back as this dwarf is just kind of walking off, arm sore from the contest of strength that he was just in. But there does seem to be an opening, and the orc actually opens up his arms, uh, or the half-orc anyways, and says, hey, Any more takers? And puts his hands behind his back, just feeling cocky as all hell. What are you doing? Just, like, just a normal arm wrestle? Just normal arm wrestle. Well, I the mean, strongest I arms on this ship. I bet. Uh, you know, I could give it a go if you want, you know, just a little <laughs> practice for you. Yeah, I'm sure. Just a little practice. You sure you don't need uh, some some papers or a large piece of wood underneath your arm to get up to this level? And he sets his arm down on the table. 
you know, you're right. I probably need something. Um, and she's going to take out just like a, a book from her bed or the, no, I'm not going to take out the lavender soap. Uh, I'll take out the mug and like push it over and put my arm on it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So I would like for you to make a strength athletics check against his strength athletics check. Is this, would this be an advantage with the No. The axe? No, just regular? Just regular. Okay. Yeah, that's a little bit of flavor on the axe. You also yeah. become twice as good at arm wrestling. <laughs> that's a plus four. That's a five. Yeah, he just he just gets your arm real close to the bottom position. Uh, it looks like he could easily just knock your wrist off of the mm. uh, off of the upside down mug that you're currently mm. using to kind of maintain. Uh, as he had gotten a 14 on his. That's fine. Uh, so there will be one more contest of strength. Uh, and as this contest begins, you begin to actually hear uh, the strumming of a lute in the back. In the background. So he gets... Yeesh. God damn it, no. That's a nine. <laughs> he got an 11. God damn. So he just casually forces your arm down and your mug kind of tilts off to the side uh, and he begins just laughing to himself uh, seeming to have done this bout entirely for free whereas before he had earned some money Uh, and he looks at you and just says (laughs) if you ever want to try again maybe you'd do better with coin on the line you know I think I think you're right I think I would like to try again Uh, why don't we put five gold on it he just kind of shrugs and says, all right, five gold it is. Tosses out five gold pieces that he had earned earlier uh, in right. his arm wrestling. Gwen, Gwen's going to like crack her neck, and then she's going to uh, like put her hand back down on the... Excuse me. Uh, put back back down on the, uh, the mug, and then she is going to rage. Okay. All right, Sounds excuse me, Hold on. Hold on, I'm grabbing dice. Okay, I'm sorry, dude, I got a hole. Yeet! Yeet again. Uh, That's a dirty 20. Okay. Yeah, yours instantly puts his, and like he was not expecting this sudden Mm -hmm. burst of strength, and he can see the wild and in your eyes uh, as these tattoos begin to steadily form up your neck. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, And he is going to just look at you in confusion. God damn it. That's a 10. All right. He got a 24. So he manages to push it back towards the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, And he just leans in uh, and says to you, I don't care what kind of of magic mumbo jumbo you got. I'm still going to beat you fair and square. (laughs) Gwen's going to like, she's getting excited. Okay. Like not like cocky excited, but just like loves this shit. Okay. Uh, That is a 16. Natural 20. Damn it. Thought I could hustle this bitch. Yeah. Uh, and so he just manages to, again, just slam your arm down off to the side. And this time your mug kind of spills out a little bit more. Uh, and as it rests against the ground, it actually comes up 
where you can read uh, where it says Talia Stompfoot on the bottom looking back at you as that had been engraved onto the mug. And as as you are kind of like getting your mug back and he's just bringing in the five gold that you had set out onto the table, uh, you can actually hear the song beginning to pick up. And it begins to play in a very familiar rhythm, uh, almost like uh, it, it feels very ingrained in you at this point, as you've heard something close to this many, many, many times before. Uh, and Calum, Corey, and Blake, you guys all watch as this bard begins to play your song, The Day the Dragon Came. And that is where we are going to go into our first break of the evening. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's decided to stop by and, and join in on our humble little campaign uh, as we continue our adventure in the port city of Marisville. Uh, we are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go nowhere unless it's to grab food, grab a drink, grab a friend, bring them on back, and then we will be here bringing our A-game as usual. So don't go no place, and we shall see you soon. All right, everybody. Hey, guys. Oh, man. I don't know why I'm like this. So, hey, AudioCast <laughs> listeners. Sorry for that, like, two minutes of absolute silence that you just experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'll probably chop it up for you, but let the people watching the VOD suffer with us. So, I'm going to change my shirt. It's really hot. I want to say thank you to all you guys for having for surprising me with merchant shit because it means a lot. I love it. Heart hands to you too, G. Uh, but you guys last left off uh, hearing the song The Day the Dragon Came, the song that was written uh, about you guys, and you hear about how uh for uh about how four individuals rolled up into town uh and during uh during the festival uh there was a uh during the festival a new king was crowned uh and after uh the crowning had happened uh there was the uh one of the elf adventurers uh, decided to investigate the scene uh, and in communicating with this ghost took it into himself where uh, there was quite the scene as three of those four uh, beat the fourth into the floor and that was before the dragon came uh, and then it just continues on as like this very nice uh, loot piece until eventually uh, it kind of goes playing up into more. In in this story, uh, it's not necessarily that they saw the spirit of a dragon, but rather the adventurers seemed to merge into one and turn into a dragon that sailed through the night sky to make it seem more fantastical, all to combat this ghostly spirit that had taken over the town. It took some liberties. It's okay. The real dragon was the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> uh, friggin' Corey is just ecstatic that, um, that, like, it has spread this far. Um, and she's, like, 100% recording this and, and like, taking, trying to, like, write down the lyrics as they happen and um, is trying to convert all of the lute chords into ukulele chords. Mm-hmm. Just mentally 
5,000 miles an hour just holding up your music box. At the mention of the spirit going into the person talking to it, Caden like buries his face into Cyber's fur because he's turned like this very red shade. Mm-hmm. And Gwen's just getting really pat, drunk. Pat. And Gwen's just getting trashed with her new arm wrestling buddies. That's not even how the story went. It was ridiculous, dude. It was like we had to beat the shit out of Caleb, and that was like that was hard, but kind of fun, but not in like the fun way when you beat the shit out of people that you don't know, you know. Uh, and as you were saying this, the bard clutching their loot actually comes up to you and says, "Were were you there?" Bitch, I was. I'm. I'm one of the four in the song. That's me. Their eyes. And that's the dragon. That well, kind of. <laughs> Point to Blake. <laughs> just mid patting Caleb. <laughs> and just the bard is immediately <laughs> at your table, uh, with what looks to be uh, a binder of parchment out, and they kind of uh, reach into their. Uh, they reach into a bag pull out a ink stopper as well as a quill and just says, if if you wouldn't mind, I would love to get your story and, and try and get the most accurate representation of the song that I can. As much as I have artistic integrity and I like, you know, flourishing things and making it my own, I also would, would love to hear if if you are the four... Like I heard this, I've I've never heard this song until a couple days ago. Everyone that I've talked to about it said it's true, but I mean, you didn't really turn into a dragon, did you? Like that's impossible. Uh, and I'll just explain what actually happened. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, the spirit i guess uh gwen and i both heard spirits come out of us during the fight uh this Fine. bard is just just quickly jotting everything down and looking down you can see that it doesn't even look like common this looks very much like their own shorthand that they are writing things in um until eventually uh the uh the bard kind of comes to a stop and just so Point of contention. Possessed, and he points towards Corey. Which one? No, was no. other one. Okay, and then begins to like make note of that as well. Listen, hear- listen, listen. Hear- <laughs> we were trying to calm the other spirit. It, it just got a little handsy. You. You have to put Caleb's name in the song. No, you don't. It's fine. <laughs> I, no, I elect about... to remain anonymous. Request but... of the persons. Your friend you're said you need to be in a bard song. Dude, how are they going to know if your name's not in it? I'll pass on this one. Thanks, Gwen. Cool. All right. So, I mean, to be honest, your name doesn't really have a very nice musical cadence to it. I would probably just end up changing it anyway. So that's, that's fine. Uh, If you'd like, any of you can give me a name. 
with which to call you by in the song, if you have any preferences. I go by many names. <laughs> when Stompfoot, the Tiny Terror, the Capper. I'm going to go with the Little Stompfoot. That sounds perfect, dude. All right, anybody else? Anonymous elf number two. <laughs> I know it doesn't have the cadence, but I'm sure you are a bard of some repute and you'll make it work. I'll do my best. And 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 what about you, the the dragon? Do you? He's just shaking his head. Just the dragon, then. That's fine. I. I can't really change that part of the song. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's fine. Hee <laughs> and, uh, and what have And what of you, Fair Maiden? Do you wish uh, to have any name other than your own uh, written down in the songs? Uh, Corey is just, like, buried in her notes right now. Um, and like every now and then she tries to read his notes and like can't make any sense of them and gets really frustrated. So she's just like, she looks at him and like, like papers fly everywhere. And she's like, uh, oh, oh, this is, um, this is a, a, a big deal. The, the name that, the name, oh, okay. Um, and she gives him about 20, 20 different ones. Okay. It's not like, he's just, <laughs> call me Corey. He's just you could be Corey, the, 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 the Autumn Eladrin, um, and, and like she just gives him like 20 different things to go with. He's writing it's them like, you know all I mean? down. Just <laughs> keeping track, just we'll fit them in somewhere. Just continue scribing. The, the follower of Corlon's footsteps. It's, uh... Duck feeder. And, he, Red bite. and the the bard kind of stops and laughs to himself. And when you say duck feeder and just, okay, just writes that one down too. Oh God, no, no. That's the one he's going to choose. Go ahead. He just picks her up and starts running. <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right. And you guys, uh, and this bard, uh, stays with you for a while, just kind of getting uh, as much information about the event uh, as you can, or as he can. Uh, and as thanks, uh, he says that he'll tell you whatever he knows uh, about the about the general area. If you guys have any tales or anything like that, you're looking to get told, or if you want, if you, if you're seeking any particular stories, you may have picked up on. So, uh, what have you heard about Arast? Oh, well, um, it is a island that about... Not the island. Oh! Well, the dragon, I haven't heard much. I mean, it's one of those things, like, you, you hear very little about very important people 
when they don't want to have a lot heard about them, but they want you to know who they are. There's lots. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to the aisle? From what I have been told, he has gold statues erected to himself all throughout the island. He has hundreds of thousands of servants that see to his very every beck and call. There's lots of nice foliage, from what I've heard. Lots of nice plants over there. Um, he has a... Uh, from what I've heard, he runs a botanical garden. On just make sure that... Uh, it's just a thing he likes. Really? Uh, and that you always want to pay the, f the fee. The fee to dock and the fee to sail in his waters. Controls the environment. Uh, and makes it very pleasant year-round. But if you find yourself there and you haven't paid, or if you've stolen anything, or if you're of ill repute... Uh, Storms aren't exactly the easiest thing to brave out at sea, especially when the only land for miles and miles around is the one that you just pissed off. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else? What kind of sea monsters are there? Oh! Of sea monsters I've heard plenty. There's, well, let's see. Are you looking for sea monsters near us? Sea monsters in general? Sea monsters near us. Well, uh, there are a few half giants that uh, live on the islands around. It's the closest thing that we have to the races of old. Like Goliath? No. Like, uh, have you ever... Have you ever heard of a cyclops? I mean, I've heard of a cyclops. Have you seen a cyclops? Mm-mm. Well, spawned from some deity and, and giant in years and years gone back on gone past, uh, cyclopses are quite frankly terrifying. They're very, very large creatures. They have a single eye in the middle of their forehead. Uh, they like eating lot not particularly I, smart but they do are very vicious how do you kill it points to the axe that's on your back she just like you kill most up. things yeah it can and she kind of strikes a pose <laughs> yep i i i mean if the song says anything you dealt the final blow to a ghost so yeah, I'm pretty cool. I could lift up this table if I wanted to. Your friend is rather in her cups, isn't she? Yeah, but I guess we wouldn't want her any other way. Oh, fair enough. Uh, well, if you need me, uh, my name is Barnett, uh, and you can find me, uh, well... Done my evening shift. Suppose I'm going to be playing at the land legs now. So if you uh, need any kind of more information, feel free to come on by to the land legs lounge. Uh, it's the only tavern on dry land. Uh, and then you just call for me. Or... Like, like, chokes on a string. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I'll be playing. You can just 
come and say hello. Will do, do. I sleep in the early evening to to later, early, late afternoon to early evening. It's business hours. All right, but it was very nice meeting you all, and I will be sure to fashion. And he's kind of sets his papers down on the table uh, to kind of order them. A proper tale that will be sung from here, from Vascor to Shroudport. And I bid you all adieu. And he kind of bows and then just backs up and walks uh, walks up the stairs that lead out of the bar. Uh, and as he does, uh, you can see that the bar uh, that the bar owner just kind of like looks at him and just kind of like points to one of the other like points to one of the dwarves and like motions toward the towards the stage and you see that that dwarf kind of just like finishes the rest of what they were drinking really quick and then sets up and then begins playing something in the background and it just seems to be an older dwarven drinking song can coriander chase him down before he gets too far yep okay um terribly sorry i um I just want to ask you, uh, you don't know any stories about Coralon, do you? Well, I know a few. Uh, I mean, I've heard stories. I've I've heard about the blood of the gods bringing to life the elves, and well, I know that he's yes, yes. Who 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 hasn't? But what I'm looking for is stories of him being on the natural plane. I have not heard any of those. But if you if you know of any of those, maybe I could pay you for your time. Hmm. Now I, I do have a gig I am trying to I have to get to, I, otherwise they don't pay me if I'm late. That's fine. I'll I'll consider your offer. Thanks anyway. He just politely nods and then begins uh, walk briskly walking off. Uh, and as you kind of like watch him walk off a little bit, you actually see uh, that Denzig is on his way up the uh, up the planks outside, and the Denzig just kind of passes the bard and just kind of looks at him, just shakes his head, continues on, uh, and then sees you and just all your friends in there. Uh, yes. All right. I have yeah. my proposition. Uh, and he begins just making his way up towards you. All right. Well, let me walk you in. And you uh, kind of like... Coriander. I was going to say, Go you ahead. also notice, uh, having come up above deck uh, for the first time in a while, that several hours have passed since you guys actually were able, like, actually went in and began drinking and then talked and then talked to this bard heard the song and so his coming is not exactly um it's not unprecedented right. he just kind of makes his way uh to you and just says all right well <sighs> follow me i suppose unless you'd like to go first i mean this stairwell is only wide enough for one person at a time oh after you thank you uh, and then he begins to make his way uh, down into the bar. And so the rest of you, uh, while Corey has gone off and chased after this bard, uh, are you just talking amongst yourselves? Alrighty. So yeah, you guys talk amongst yourselves, uh, just kind of 
like, oh my god, a bard just knew who we were because of a song. This is so weird. Um, eventually, uh, you guys see Corey tailing uh, Denzig coming down the stairs into uh, into Horse Grant's habits. Uh, and he just kind of looks around a little bit, and then it's not hard trying to find three or two at least of the tallest people in this bar, one of which being Blake, the other being Calum. Uh, and he begins to make his way over towards you uh, until eventually he sits down uh, at the at the table. Uh, so that way he can kind of look uh, at uh, the at the three of you guys that are sitting at the table. Gwen, did you decide to come and sit back at the table? Or are you still talking and drinking amongst your friends? Um, I will if once the bard was talking to us, she moved back to the other table um, and she was getting up with her glass and saw Corey come back with the guy and she kind of put her glass back down and like tried to look unassuming like you know look look natural I'm not drunk right now (laughs) I'm not drunk you're drunk (laughs) yeah all right uh yeah so then Denzig uh sits down and sets his elbows on the table I hope you've all been having a good time Uh, this is the best bar in Marisville so it's why it's got the bow of the ship but we didn't come here to talk about the quality of drink. We came here to talk about contracts. So, I have three people. Two, really. I don't, I don't like the third option, but it'll do. If that ends up being your situation. So, we have, and he sets down three contracts, uh, or like descriptions anyways. What we have here is one of my preferred contacts, Captain Oliviette Rezacairn. She's a drow woman. She operates a tight ship and makes sure that everything gets to where it needs to go by the time it needs to get going. Sometimes her ship does come with a little bit more holes in it than it left, but eh, she has a spirit of adventure. She's a good first mate. I uh, haven't really talked to him much, but I've been going with Olivia for years now. Uh, and then there is going to be Captain Scram, uh, who operates a very small ship, single sail, uh, lizard folk, as his uh, first mate named Zakir. I don't know what's up with their relationship. I don't ask. Uh, and then the third option is if you go through the trading company, uh, the Keshin Trading Company, it operates all through all along the coast. Make sure goods get to where they need to get going. Uh, it's one of the largest ships that we got, but uh, I don't really like Harland. Uh, his name is uh, Captain Harland Farlow. He's a human. He's just in it for the money. He doesn't have any real love of the sea. So what you're looking at here is Captain Harland. He's got lots of men already with him. He's got three sails. And he can just take take you straight to the rask. No questions. I'm ha- I don't really want to have him be the one officiating my trade, but yeah, it'll do. Personally, I would prefer Olivier, but... Uh... On the contracts, is there any other information that would be pertinent to us, like 
um, aside from ship size, like armaments on the ship, like the- none of these ships have armaments. But- yes, uh, you see. Well, you see that uh, the the ship, the one, the three mast ship uh, that is being piloted by um, the by Captain Farlow, uh, that it has a rotating ballista on the front. Uh, but it doesn't actually have any cannons or any uh, like heavy firearms built onto the ship. Hmm. <clears throat> and do they list off like track records for each, or is it just like we're going off the captain's word? Yeah, kind of just going off both the captain and the merchant's word. Hmm. I mean, if you have a preference for who we should sail with, we might as well, right? Well. Figured I would at least present some options. One of these captains is a halfling, so I figured maybe your halfling friend might have some weird connection with it. That's Captain Scram. Gwen, like, starts to say something, and then she just kind of, like, pulls herself back and takes another drink. Uh, I think maybe going with your friend, Olivia, if... That would be agreeable. She owes me a favor. Ship's not... Eh, ship's two sails. I mean, it's bigger than Captain Scram, so shouldn't be too bad. It's and, a decent middle ground. And she's... She's great. All intents and purposes. Uh, gets the job done. Doesn't ask too many questions. Uh... Occasionally, some pirates try and swarm her ship. She just captures the pirates, turns them in when she gets to port. Seems pretty easy. And that's where we would come in? Yes. She is a merchant. First and foremost. Adventurer second. Although, you ask her, she might stylize herself a little bit differently. But, she has a merchant-oriented crew. They don't know how to fight. They don't know... They know how to sail. That's it. So, I've talked with her. She's willing to give you four board on her ship to send you to Rask. Once you reach there, it's not my fucking problem. But, she owes me a favor, so she's going to be going there to do my dealings. And she'll be handling your contract and everything, okay? Fine. Again, I would prefer her over Captain Scram and also over Captain Farlow, but all three of these people owed me something. I have a lot of money from owning a mine. Use. Uh, how much are we getting paid for this? For going across the sea, it's going to be about a five days journey. I could do... If nothing happens, you'd each get 15 gold per day. If something does happen, it's 25. 
per day that things happen or per day per day? It's going to be per day per day. Because right. you have to stay on alert mm. all day. Um, as, as for that price, uh, is, would that be for hiring this adventuring party? Sweet. This adventuring company or... Would this be a per-individual basis? This is a per-individual basis. Because that way, if one of you ends up dying while you're out at sea, I don't have to pay up that much money. It's easier to hire per worker than per party, unless you'd prefer to get paid per party. Uh, you chose to do business with us, uh, your terms... All right. You said that you were the four keeps? Yes. It's four of you. 25 gold. 100 gold a day. 500. Uh, shit. Well, I already said that I was going to pay you one way, and I don't feel like going back on my word. All right. So... 15, if things don't, if things end up going smoothly. 25, if they don't. So, how that's going to work is that I'm going to give you vouchers. You're going to take those vouchers. At the end of your journey, you are going to get Olivier to sign off on those vouchers, and then you are going to go to the central bank. Once you have gone to the central bank, hand them those vouchers, and then you will get paid accordingly. All right. Seems easier than me just carrying around way too much money and making myself a target. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Liviette lives in the... She lives in the northeastern ships. It's where she has her base of operation. Ship is pretty easy to find. It's called Midnight Dancer. So okay. just start looking for Midnight Dancer. Give her this. He reaches into his cloak pocket and he pulls out uh, he pulls out another piece of paper and hands it to you. And it has a wax seal on the front that looks like uh, it looks like a uh, a dwarf skull. That then kind of comes down into this long, uh, into this long handle that has a little triangle at the bottom. Uh, if you just give this to her, let her know that it is me who sent you. She'll get you on that boat, and you guys can have it your way to the Isles. Thanks. All right. Uh. And do you have an idea of when she would want to be heading out? Personally, I would appreciate it if you all headed out as soon as possible, considering that it's my trade deal that's on the line, but she'll probably want to wait at least until morning. She prefers sailing during the day, even though she has that light sensitivity thing. I don't really care. She's good for her. She's good for her word. All right. Uh, unless that was anything else uh we'll start heading that way he kind of just slaps the table uh, and says uh sounds like it's all agreeable 
Now, I'm gonna go take care of your bar tab, so anything after this point, that's on you. But I can send over some food. It looks like you've all just been drinking all day and not actually eating anything. That doesn't sound like us at all. Uh, and so Denzig bids you farewell and then begins walking over. Uh, and after you see him leave and after about 15 minutes of him uh, disappearing, you guys get a plate of, uh, it looks like a plate of vegetables as well as just some uh, salted meats. Caleb's uh, going to hold up the emblem and history check. See if you recognize it. Sure, sure. 17? Yep. Okay, so with your 17, uh, you would know that uh, this symbol is often found uh, from dignitaries from uh, from Surt's Hellier. Huh. From the Dwarf Kingdom to the north. Uh, everyone looks like they're like just drinking. He goes, yeah, I'll save it for later. And he picks up a, some vegetables and starts shoveling it into his face. <clears throat> All right, what are we going to do for the rest of the day? Uh, well, we need to go talk to this captain and possibly pay... We have to do something about our horse. We could sell um... the horse. But old Bess. And we could buy her back and we get back. Well, didn't... Wasn't there a deal for stabling our horse here for more than a couple of nights? It was like 25 silver for a bunch of nights. I don't know. That was a long time ago, dude. That was yesterday. Gee. Uh, let's go talk to Matthew about it and decide whether or not it's going to be worth stabling here. Stabling her. He's probably going to want to come back to this place. We'll do that. Okay. Do you think Cybra is going to be okay on the boat? You're a good girl, and I'm just going to go... <laughs> she just lets you do the face smooshies. Uh, we'll, we'll work on it. Keep her below deck. I bet you will. All right, bitches. And then she slams <clears throat> her hand on the table. And then she starts, she just walks out. All right, so we're going to Matthew. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Uh, you guys find your way uh, back to the stables. And it's really not that difficult. Uh, as there is a large central lane that actually leads up to... Uh, to the merchant captain's ship. So you end up making your way back. Uh, it takes maybe like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It's really not that bad. Uh, and as you get there, uh, you see uh, that Matthew is actually uh, not there. It seems to be somebody who looks similar to Matthew. If Matthew had like de-aged maybe two, three years. Uh, he says, Oh, can I help you? Matthew, buddy. Well, I'm Jonas. Matthew's my brother. What? I'm Jonas. I'm sorry. You're you're Jonas. I'm Jonas. No, Matthew's my Jonas brother. Jonas brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
God damn it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, you know, uh, like, <clears throat> we want to house our horse here for our, for a little while. So, how much does that cost? But how how long are you looking to to well to staple your horse? Like at the very uh, earliest, like twelve days, hmm. but probably a bit more than that. Okay. Um. Starts counting it out. So it's three gold per night, 12 days, so... Or two silver, sorry. <laughs> it's monies. Look, I am recently fresh out of a level 20 campaign. We were throwing around platinum. It's the fact that it's like, oh, right, things cost silver. What is this useless currency? Um, what is, uh, what is this electrum? <laughs> we don't talk about electrum. 24 silver for two days, 12 yes. days. Uh, and he is willing to, uh, cut that down to 20, uh, as you guys are going to be keeping your horse stabled for an extended period of time. Excellent. I'll hand him two gold pieces. Okay. Yeah, and he just sort of takes it and then, uh, walks over and sets it into a wooden, uh, like a little wooden, uh, slot box that seems to be attached to a post. Is there anything uh, else I can help you with? What are you going to do about the, uh well about your cart? Do you need anything from there? We uh, need the ale. We do need the ale. Gwen like climbs in there and grabs the bucket or the, the barrel and okay. is just walking around with it. Uh no, I think that's all we need. Uh thank you. Alright, well, have a good day. He just kind of waves at you guys. Goodbye, smaller Matthew. <laughs> Mini Matt. Uh, and then we're going to the Midnight Dancer. Okay. So yeah, uh, make a survival check as you guys wander around, uh, wander around the boats for a while. Closer, Midnight Dancer. Mm -mm. has an 18. Caleb 14. almost walks off a pier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... What gotcha. also walks off a pier? <laughs> I'm going to say at the beginning, when we were describing the town, nets have been placed over any place yeah. where people could possibly fall through. So you guys go to fall off the pier, but then are just like caught in this net. They're like kind ah, of right spiders! yourself. Spiders. Uh, and as you, as both of you do, having fallen into these two individual nets, you see the, uh, this one dwarf kind of walk by, shaking his head, saying "out of towners," uh, and then continues going. <laughs> Tourists. Uh, and then, uh, so you got an eighteen, Corey, and then Blake, you got a fourteen. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so with the two of you, uh, based off of the based off of the information that you were given by Denzig, it doesn't actually take you long to find the Midnight Dancer. It takes about uh, 30, 45 minutes or so to actually get there. Uh, and when you do, because again, you're just navigating through these very tight, uh, these very tight gangplanks and, and boat boards to kind of uh, get to each other. Uh, and you end up passing by uh, several shops along your way. 
that you recognize as something more than just a residential. Uh, you see one listed as sunken treasures. Uh, and then you also see uh, that there is one that is listed as the Keshin Trade Co. Uh, and then you just continue kind of making your way uh, until you see that there is this two-masted ship uh, that looks like uh, the sails have not been unfurled yet. They still are raised high. Uh, but there are a, uh, a, there are a small number of uh, human and half-elves uh, that are busy kind of carrying crates onto the ship. And you can even see that there is one Kenku uh, that is kind of like helping out carry boxes as well. Uh, and then that is when you guys uh, see, standing on top of the aft castle, this uh, very nice-looking, almost in the same way that Captain Blessington's coat looked, uh, where it was a blue. Hers is a very nice red color that has these uh, kind of golden buttons that are along the sides of it. Uh, and you can see that there are uh, decorative cords that are kind of laced over her shoulders. And this drow woman who has uh, very short white hair that's kind of cropped into more of a bob uh, has this very large hat on. Uh, and you can see that this hat uh, is keeping a lot of the sun out of her face currently. Uh, and she seems to be directing people uh, of places where to go. And you can see that there is just this large plume that's kind of sticking out of the hat as well. Uh, and her hat is just this same color as her uh as her red coat uh and uh you see that there is a human man that's kind of standing near-ish her that also seems to be giving directions holy shit she's gorgeous all right so i'm only going to say this once you bring that box over there and you place it there otherwise things are not going to be stacked properly except for the captain uh, this is the, this is the captain who is yelling this. No, I was talking to Gordon. Oh, okay. She's like, she, I mean, she's gorgeous. The, the captain, dude, I don't really go for humans, but like, she is pretty. She's a drow. So? You said you don't go for humans, but she's, I think there's some miscommunication that just happened. Um, uh, captain. And if you could, uh, Hail and well met. Uh, come aboard. She just kind of like motions up to a gangplank that's uh, leading up onto the dock of the ship or onto <clears throat> the uh, bleh, onto the, the deck, deck, the deck <laughs> of the ship. About to be a Freudian slip up in this bitch. Onto the dick of the ship. <laughs> there, are you happy? <laughs> All about ship dicks and butts. There. Yep. We we hold this channel to a higher yep. standard than that. Not anymore. It's ruined. <laughs> Your content. This is my ship boat. Do you make a boat face? <laughs> um, uh, and uh, the captain just I... begins kind of walking down towards you, and she has a rapier at her side. Uh, uh, looks Blake's like... going to pull out the contract. Ah, uh, so. We use it for what Denzig was talking about. Uh, yes, the uh, Four Keeps Adventuring Company. Uh, we're supposed to be traveling with you. Sounds good to me. Uh, let me see this real quick so I'll verify. Uh, and she ends up taking the document from you and 
Uh, you see her just kind of like reach into a uh, reach into uh, her belt and pulls out a small knife and just kind of slices open the letter. Uh, so that way the sealing wax is broke and then she looks inside and begins reviewing it. Uh, so uh, Four Keeps Adventuring Company uh, based out of any kind of city or freelance. Freelance. More freelancers. Ah, freelance is fine. Okay, so I am seeing three, or well, four, four contracts. So, I will make sure that by the time that we arrive in Ratsk, you all get paid properly. This is the goal, no? Super uh, yes. cool. Right, so, oh. what I can offer you is room on my ship. Uh, we have enough rations that we should be able to feed you. So, if you are looking to eat our food, you are more than welcome. If you uh, have a strict diet or uh, any kind of restrictive eating habits, I will not be ashamed if you stick to your own rations. As for alcohol, uh, we have Grog. Keeps the water from, uh, well, turning bad. Uh, Looks at Gwen. We also have alcohol, but be warned, it is very strong. How strong is this alcohol? And you see just kind of this coy smile. (laughs) She points at Caleb. He went blind. Like, legitimately woke up the next day still blind. That is something that, well, you don't see every day. One. Uh, Ah, that was... I am more referring to your two friends. Seem like uh, you're very far away from home. She kind of looks at Caleb and Corey. Uh, yeah. I like to think I carry home in my heart. Gwen just turns yeah. and looks at her like, dude, we're trying to be cool <clears throat> here. Do you mind? <laughs> uh, and the she captain... Being cool. <laughs> the captain will actually reach out and place a hand on your shoulder. Uh, and she says, I understand. Even when I was born underground, I knew that my heart lied on the sea. So, here I am. She raises her hands up and kind of like twists around a little bit to just kind of enjoy the salt air that seems to be surrounding her. Uh, about what time would you uh, want to start heading out? Well, uh, we are going to need to spend most of the day getting all of the supplies onto the ship. Uh, we aren't going to be carrying any excess passengers so you don't have to worry uh it's just going to be me and my crew so uh yes i've you'd just like to come by uh first thing tomorrow morning uh then we can get going otherwise if you would like to spend the night here um we will probably take off without you even knowing it's mm. first thing in the morning uh you could have dinner with me uh, you seem to have brought some fine spirits that have the potential to make s- people blind, which I'm very curious about. Stone blind in the morning. So, uh, of course, they would only be polite. Uh, you're okay with us bringing the wolf, right? Oh, yes. Animals, I, I do not care if you bring animals. Just uh, there is one condition. You pick it up. Oh, yeah. You know what that means. The poop has to go somewhere. And 
An animal does not know how to use. Would you say? You know, for some reason, everyone always associates the poop deck with fecal matter. It's not true. It's just where we get the most shit done. Ah. Um, speaking of, for those of us who have never been on a voyage such as this, uh, do you have any anything that we should know? Uh, and Olivia just kind of like uh, squats down so that way she's eye level with you. Do you get seasick? I have no idea. This is going to make for either a very fun or a very long journey for you. All right, I'm down. Have you ever been on a boat for longer than a few hours? Mm, no, but I did ride a Goliath across this uh, across the plains for a day. That sounds incredible. I'd like to hear more about this. But well. I will tell you this. Our trip is very easy. From here to Arask, there's not a whole lot of problems that ever seem to come up. It's very quick. It's very boring to me, anyways. But I owe Denzig a favor. He funded my ship after I uh, got a hole in the last one. From pirates? So, when you see pirates and you think, oh, their ship looks pretty cool, you have a tendency to yell out ramming speed at the ship you are currently on and see if you can take them down. That sounds actually exactly what I would do. This ship, however, we have fitted the front with steel reinforcements. Yeah. To make sure that if we ram into another ship, <clears throat> minimal damage to our own. I'm kind of concerned about our choices now. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> and then uh, the captain will stand up and kind of straighten her jacket out a little bit. and just So, it is getting towards the end of the day. If you'd like, you have spirits. I have food. Do you have anything else that you need to bring with you? think so how would you all mind joining me for dinner that would be lovely i'm i usually get to know my crew members a little bit first before we end up sailing together but if this is going to be a one-time thing i'd like to at least get you get to know each of you a little bit more beforehand if that is okay yeah totally down guys yeah i mean it's lovely like uh, and she motions up with a hand and just says, Dalcor! Dalcor, take care of everything else. I'm going to have dinner. He just, he just kind of like waves and nod. She just kind of like brushes her hands off and says, all right, uh, if you will follow me to my quarters. Uh, and she ends up um, taking you guys into the aft castle. Uh, and then uh, kind of in the same general layout that the, uh, that the central ship 
the Blessed Bee was actually uh, kind of located uh, in while you guys are maneuvering through this aft castle. Uh, it has the same, yeah, sorry, same general layout. Uh, and she takes you back into the uh, into the dining quarters that's been set up. So where uh, Captain Blessington had originally had this large mat out showing the uh, with all of these tiny little representations of each of the different ships, uh, you can see that uh, Oliviette um, has what looks to be a uh, a drawing easel set up in one corner of the room uh, that has what looks to be uh, just some pieces of graphite kind of set out next to it and what she was drawing lately was the uh was a setting sun just kind of doing it in her passing time uh and as she sits down uh she begins moving or before she sh sits down she begins to kind of rush around the room and just pull out chairs and then clear things off of one chair that she had been using uh as a shelf in the meantime, it just kind of sets some papers and, and a book a book or two on the floor until eventually uh, there are five chairs that are now available to kind of sit around uh, this large table. Uh, and she says, um, Dalco knows that I am going to be getting food soon. He's going to be sending it in. Uh, there's going to be a lot of seafood. I hope you don't mind. Uh, it's my personal preference. If you have something else, now would be the time to say anything. Uh, if you again, dietary restrictions uh, is going to be difficult on this ship, but we try our best to make it too. I mostly eat vegetables, but I'll try anything once. Uh, and when you say that, she just gets this very wide smile and says, "That is the man I like to hear." And kind of like punches you in the shoulder. Uh, mm. So, where is this uh, uh, this this blinding uh, intoxicant you have brought you have brought onto this ship? Speaking oh, of yeah. trying anything once, right, right, right. Are you sure you want to have this before dinner? <laughs> so this is a good point. And yes. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. And she kind of places the barrel on a chair. Uh, gets her mug out and uh, pours two servings of it in there. Does anyone else want any? No. I mean, no, thank you. <laughs> Corey? Oh, why not? Sweet. Pours another serving and then pours it into glasses. All right. Uh, and so, yeah, as you guys are, are sitting down and getting ready to uh, to kind of get into your drinks, that is when you see the door open up once again. Uh, and the human man that you had seen uh, being Dalcor, the first mate, he ends up coming in uh, with two of the other uh, crew members. Uh, and he just says, um, looks like somebody's getting, somebody's lucky enough to dine with the captain tonight. It's good to meet all of you. And he just kind of like sets his, he sets the tray that he brought in in front of the captain. Uh, and then the other workers set their trays in front of you four. Thanks, dude. I'm Gwen, by the way. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sure we'll probably get to know each other a lot better uh, over the next coming days, but if you don't mind, uh, the ship still needs to be taken care of just a little bit more. Sm smidgen. Right. Uh, and then you see him back off uh, with the uh, small group, with his small rep uh, repertoire. Uh, and as uh, 
as he does, uh, Olivia just sort of uh, laughs to herself and then looks at her tray of food uh, as uh, the the food that he had brought had like a small little metal covering over it and she takes it off. Um, and underneath is what looks to be, um, it looks to just be a very nice, um, it's a tuna, I think I would want to say in this general area. I'm trying to think of like fish ecology and, bleh, bleh, uh, and I was not a fish and wildlife person, uh, but she ends up having a, a very nice, uh, tuna laid out for her. And it seems like it's kind of just broken up. Uh, and as you guys look on all of your trays as well, uh, you can see that uh, in front of Blake, rather than being a fish, uh, is a lobster that's kind of just set down uh, on his tray. Uh, Gwen, you also received a lobster. Calum, you saw that yours was a fish that had kind of been baked over uh, some vegetables and Corey, you also get a fish that has been baked over some vegetables as well. So is there like a chef on this boat? Does this, for the most part, uh, yes. I mean, Ooh. we take turns. This was Dalco's day. Mm. There's a reason I made him my first mate. Nice. Uh, fair well warning now. Gwen and I should not cook. Hey, I'm a great bacon. <clears throat> my burn marks say otherwise. That was not my fault. Well, on this ship, as I have said, all of our food is going to be taken care of. So enjoy yourselves. Uh, but, I mean, don't go overboard, like eating, you know, five to six times, uh, the amount of rations, I don't know how you would fit that in your in your stomach. You all look... Maybe him! And she points towards Blake. Maybe he could do it. He seems rather large, but the rest of you, I just don't see it happening. I'm sorry. Happy. Mm. Now, she jams a, a fork uh, into uh, her... into her plate of food. Into her plate of food. So, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Uh, this four keeps adventuring company that is not uh, centered out of anywhere in particular. I've not really heard of you before this, uh, but apparently Denzig knows of you, uh, at least thinks of you highly enough to send you on my ship. Uh, yeah, we sort of took care of something that killed his partner and it's mine. Ah. Yeah, that would do it. And she just jams in her fork into uh, the fish again and just continues to eat. And you see her, like, take her hat off and kind of set it down uh, on, a ch on a chair so it's just kind of hanging off. Uh, and her hair is just cut very short. It's a very stark white. Uh, and you can just see that she just has uh, what looked to be a very, very, very dark brown, almost black as her actual eye color. This person is just reminding me of Danae. <laughs> Your DMs find inspiration anywhere. Ah, um, uh, yes. Yeah, I can see how it would reminds you of me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we all met up in Shroudport. Uh, I'm from the north. Uh, I traveled with uh, 
a Goliath herd for a while. Uh, the uh, Thunder, uh, the Tread Thunder Horde. Um, Blake is a blood hunter of sorts. Ooh, blood hunter. Mm-hmm. And then Calum uh, grew up in a monastery and went adventuring with some friends. And then he came with us. Corey's from the Feywild. Uh, she uh, is here temporarily for reasons. More or less. All right. Uh, that sounds pretty incredible. I'm not going to lie. I want to know more about this Feywild, uh, if possible. Uh, but, I mean, every young elvish girl hears about the Feywild and your fantasy just kind of trails off. So I'd love to hear all about what it was actually like. Uh, I have not yet had the opportunity or luck to go there myself yet, but maybe one day. I would love to share some stories, so hmm. long as you trade some stories about the Underdark. Ah. I, of course, heard about it, but, you know, I would like to hear from a native. Yeah. Once these drinks start flowing, who knows what we shall get into. Uh, and she <laughs> takes the glass. So, to new companions? Yep. So water. Yep. Cheers. She will <laughs> cheers with you as well. Oh Jesus. Corey, take a nineteen. <laughs> you bastard. Amazing. Uh and after she uh after the captain takes her drink, she sets it back down uh onto the table uh, and just does so very quickly and just ha <sighs> 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 That is very rough going down. I told you. Ooh. But it's very good. What do you call that? That is the moon something. Moon wax. Moon wax. Yes. Well, tell whoever made this moon wax that they did an excellent job. Well, thank you. Uh, next time... And you can I see mean... that there's a little bit of red creeping into her cheeks. <laughs> I rolled a 16, by the way. Okay. Yeah, so you and Corey are feeling fine, but this pirate cap... Or not... Sorry. Not pirate. She's just dressed to look as such. <laughs> I am so sorry. Please, for the love of God, she, I will... For 20 levels, for the rest of this campaign, Olivia is not a pirate. <laughs> No. Or that's what he says. Right? <laughs> DM. We know about your NPCs. Yep. During 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 the sunset session of this campaign, I'm gonna throw in just be like, and Olivia was a pirate the rest of her days. The end. Okay, moving ah! on. <laughs> she goes to the next campaign. Um She went to the Feywild and she was a pirate there. Yeah. No! So Don't you mean This has been wonderful you all seem very nice uh, if you like i can show you to your rooms uh, at least where you will be staying we do not have uh, very private quarters so you'll probably at least get to know a little bit more about the crew 
uh, tells Zen, uh, can I help you with anything else? When, uh, like, and then she's like, uh, no, just, you know, where we're going to be staying is great. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Do you have... May I have one more for the road? Of course. I'll have one with her. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Olivia is going to take another drink. She likes the stuff. Uh, Olivia, if you if you find yourself um, less sighted than you were before, um, visit Caleb and I, and we'll see what we can do about that. Sounds like a promise. And then she ends up taking uh, her drink and uh, it goes by a little bit smoother for her. She knows what to expect uh, mm. this time around. And so she just has like after the shot or after the drink is taken, just. <sighs> okay. This is very strong. This is very mm. strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm. Fire and bots do not mix. Never mind. I was going to say. Somebody had fire powers. You could probably light my breath on fire. But it is pretty inside high. the ship. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? If it you sounds like, like a bad idea. Tell us where to go. You can just hang out. I can take you. It's no problem. All right. All right. Uh, and she stands up and like has to like put her hand on the table a little bit to like keep herself steady. Uh, and then she eventually, uh, begins to lead you guys. And she, uh, as soon as she gets to the door, she takes a very deep inhale in, exhale, kind of straightens her coat a little bit, grabs her hat, puts it back on, uh, and then begin, and then walks out of the doors, uh, and begins leading you guys down a set of stairs into the hull of the ship. Uh, and you can see that there are a bunch of hammocks that have been set out. You guys don't actually have a room that you can sleep in. But this does look like space enough for at least uh, for at least 10 people to sleep in comfortably. Which would be the four of you as well as the workers that uh, as well as the other crew members that were on the ship as well. Uh, and you know that uh, the captain herself has her own private quarters. Uh, and then her first mate also has his own private quarters. Uh, one of the perks of being a first mate. Uh, and so she lets you off uh, in the crew's quarters, says, um, is there anything else that you would like uh, to ask of me? Or, And she kind of uh, points towards Corey again and says, if you would like to swap stories later, you know where my cabin is. Uh, and then she kind of just turns on her heel and then walks off. Bye. She seems nice. She does. Okay. Alum, uh, do you want to call Moonin? Uh, yeah. Better time as any, I guess. And Galen will draw. Actually, no. I could dismiss him into my pocket dimension and then make him reappear as an action. Yeah. So Calum just like puts his hand, claps his hands together. There's like a small popping sound somewhere off in his brain. 
and then he claps again, and then Moonin appears in like a small flash of light. Okay. Uh, and with that pop of light, uh, as well as the auditory sound of uh, Moonin appears in front of you, and you can just see uh, that they have a little bit more of a tummy than they had when you had sent them off. Uh, and you can see that there is uh, what looks to be a blue collar around Moonin's neck uh, that looks like it has a um, like a, a small metal bead on it. Hmm. Uh, and Moonin just looks at you and then kind of like walks over and brushes its side against you and stretches out its wings uh, and then walks over to Corey. Uh, and then sits in front and bats the little metal ball uh, on its neck. Uh, I will take the metal ball. Okay. Or, you know, try to grab it. Yeah. No, and Moonin just lets you take it. And as you as you pull it off, the collar actually comes off with it. Uh, until eventually you see, um, like, Moonin just kind of, like, shake out a little bit, brings up a hind leg, and just starts scratching uh, at this freshly available scritchy spot along the neck. Um, and looking at the collar, uh, you kind of flip it around, and on the inside of it, uh, you uh, read uh, squeeze between thumb and forefinger. Hmm. I do this. All right, so with the metal ball, you squeeze it. Uh, and you see uh, in a very vibrant blue light, uh, just kind of shoots out in a almost triangular arc from this small metal ball. Uh, and when it does, um, you hear, um, oh, I, I hope you don't mind, uh, but I've packed you some snacks uh, along with your old songbook. And uh, are you thinking of becoming a traveling bard? You were always so incredible during your performances. It would only make sense that you and you see that you're a, a representation of your dad is just there like looking at this, just looking like out of the projection. And he, he seems to be maintaining an eye contact with you. Uh, but as you like move your head away, you can see that uh, he is just looking dead ahead, almost like this is a recording of some uh, of some sort. And you can see uh, that Moonin, uh, along with it, had actually brought uh, this small bundle uh, with him. And uh, your dad continues, you were always so incredible during your performances. It would only make sense that you... <coughs> Yug... She has a job to do. You remember that, right? And you see, like, the camera kind of, like, shifts over a little bit. And you just see... The rest of you can all see this as well. Where there is this... Uh, as Corey has described herself in her spring form. This kind of, like, pinker skin Aladrin. With these uh, with these goggles that are resting on his forehead. Uh, as well as a little bit of oil that seems to be smeared on a chin. Underneath an eye patch. Uh, as just, like, gladly talking into this recording. Uh, and the figure uh, that is standing next to him is this very regal-looking uh, summer form Aladrin. This very large uh, collection of hair that seems to be tied back as tightly as it possibly can, but it is just exploding out of the back, almost making it seem like there is just there its own personal sun around the head of Corey's mother. Uh, and the father just kind of like 
Coily looks at uh, Corey's mom and says, yes, yes, I know, but Corey, I love you so much. And I I can't wait to meet your friends from how you describe them. They all sound so beautiful. And I would love to talk to every single one of you. All right. (laughs) Your mother and I love you very much. And winter is the same as as when you were here, cold, but currently unmoving. And if you start to notice any changes, uh, find a circle and have your friend's creature give us a report. And I would, I would really love to, to meet whoever made this creature. I've never seen magics like the way that you described your letter before, so I would very much like to... And then you see that your mother's eyes just get deeper red and the hair begins to just start growing up bigger and bigger and bigger. And he said, and your father continues uh, and just kind of like peeks a glance and tries continuing and peeks again and just... Uh, maybe another time when we aren't recording. Huh? Uh, safe travels and may Coraline's smile be upon you always. And you hear your mother. We love you very much, Corey. And then you see the recording just gone. And you have the small metal bead in your hand. Uh, Corey is just beaming from ear to ear. And um, she's going to look over at Calum. And um, you can see that like she's almost like brimming with tears from how joyful she is right now. And then she's just going to silently hug him. Yeah, Caleb smiles back at her, pats her on the back. Blake, do you speak Elvish? No. Gwen, do you speak Elvish? <laughs> All of this was Oddly a lot. enough. <laughs> no, I don't. All of this was a lot of gibberish to you. It sounded like elf speak, but you could kind of get mm, some of the mannerisms you suppose but then after this message stops playing and you see the image kind of fade back down Corey then silently goes over and gives Caleb a hug was that were those your parents yes they seem great they are and she's going to take that little bead and kind of like tuck it away somewhere special Good to see that that worked. See Moonen walk over to this package that's kind of on the ground and grab at a piece of twine and just begin pulling it back uh, until eventually the twine just unwraps and you see that there are what look to be uh, five individually wrapped. uh... Corey, you would know that these would be your dad's sweets uh, that he seems to have packed you five sets of cookies uh, as snacks to send you back on. Uh, as well as what looks to be a very old and kind of weathered songbook. I will distribute said sweets to everyone. Um, Just like, oh, he baked cookies. Oh my gosh, this is so nostalgic for me. And like she's gonna, yeah, she'll like stuff one in her cheek while she uh, gets out her songbook and starts flipping through it. And just kind of jabbering and being like, oh, look, it's this one song. Oh, this is the one that talks about Coralon. Oh, they all yeah. talk about Coralon. <laughs> I kind of, Gwen kind of looks at Blake. Like, this is weird, right? What the hell is a cookie? 
Oh. How crunchy are these cookies? Are they like good crunchy or are they stale crunchy? They are they are not crunchy, they are chewy. They are a large cookie, and as you bite in your teeth just sort of like it seems almost like they gently sink in regardless of how hard you chew. As you bite in, there is a hint of uh kind of tastes like molasses a little bit. Those are fucking delicious. Yes, well, father did dabble in cookery for a good long while. I'm sorry. I'm trying to process. Yeah, that's a word. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I had a moment. What, what are you processing? <laughs> Nothing. Moonen has to go on a diet. <laughs> Just meow. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what you said. <laughs> Moon has to go on a D I E T. He can probably spell. Cyber needs a B A T H. You know prestidigitation, don't you? Oh, wrong okay. character. Wrong character. <laughs> I could create water and we could just use a lavender soap to make cyber smells lavender. Not use that on a dog, but Gwen doesn't know that, so... <laughs> it's a fantasy world where <laughs> anything could happen. Um, Gwen would want to pull Caleb aside before they go to sleep. If, that's, if we're getting there. Yeah, your guys' night is going on. Uh can do whatever you would like to fill your evening before bedtime. Hey, Caleb, can I chat with you for a second? Hey, what's up, Gwen? Um, so I just wanted to say I'm sorry for getting you a lady of the night and trying to get you laid. I thank you for the offer and sending her with me and thank you again for respecting my personal boundaries. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just like I grew up in a society that kind of frowned upon like you know, I didn't really know what sex was in like the real terms. Like I knew where babies came from and all that sort of stuff, but like I just when I finally got out of that society and I was not sheltered anymore, I, uh, I kind of felt dumb and I really wanted to explore things like that. But I understand that not everyone is like that. So I see that now. I just wanted to let you know that. Gilm like nods his head and pats Gwen. baby steps right because I know you were sheltered too um yeah 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 all right all right cool um good good night good night Galem fist bump <laughs> And you guys just kind of like, 
curl up yeah. in your hammocks. <laughs> oh, Caleb's on the floor. All right, so Caleb's on the floor. Uh, and then Corey and Blake, are you guys uh, going to be meditating? Or is Corey going to be meditating in a hammock or sitting on the floor? Uh, Corey's probably actually going to go up on deck and meditate up there. Okay. And Blake, are you just going to be sleeping in a hammock? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So you guys all uh, just kind of gear down for your evening. And we'll say that the conversation between Gwen and Calum happened after Blake had kind of passed out. So it was just this very whispered, like, kind of sitting on these hammocks until eventually, like, all right, we cool? Yeah. Fist bump. Good night, bro. Like, <laughs> don't really know how to end uh, end your own conversation. But that is where we are going to call it. For tonight so I wanted to say thank you to everybody who stuck with us uh, through our our Monday night extravaganza adventure it's not really an extravaganza but it always feels that way because goddamn do I appreciate these groups of people speaking of the people that I appreciate RJ where can we find you what do you do oh hey I'm RJ here on the channel or rjustice282 on Twitter and Twitch where you can find me tweeting about the nerdy things in my life or on Tuesday as your boy Hubris, our warlock, and currently in the doghouse, um, Tiefling. Yeah. You can also find me on the, oh god, I keep forgetting the date, 26th, next week, oh dear, on Pro Restarters channel, where we're going to be playing Monster of the Week. Nice. We love you, Pro. Thank you for love taking, you, thank you for taking in a lot of my players, and then me also wanting to take Take some of your players, because you got cool people on your channel. Not take them, just borrow. I'll give them back. <laughs> uh, next up, LB, where can we find you? What do you do? Hi, I'm LB, and this is Krieg. He's been with us all night, uh, just chilling on my lap and on the um, on the table. For those of you audio cast listeners, he is a quite chubby uh, orange tabby who uh, likes to stretch out his toes every once in a while and give me nuzzles. Um but yeah, uh, but he uh, but I am uh, here Mondays and Tuesday nights. Um, Tuesdays I play uh, Ghost, the uh, cleric blood hunter shifter, who has put uh, Hubris in the doghouse. Well, he put himself in the doghouse. Let's be honest. Um, but uh, and then starting uh, this week on Sunday, I'm going to be in Encounter Roleplay's uh, game of Fate. Um, where we're going to be playing superheroes. It'll be super cool. Um, and then hopefully my glasses will be in by then because props. And then uh, next week, Friday, I will be starting in Pro Restarters channel doing um, doing uh, uh, blood, uh, friggin' Bloodlines uh, Birthright? game. Bloodright, thank you. Birthright. Uh, Birthright, yes, that's it. I got Sorry. blood on the mind. Ah! Sorry, uh, blood ride is my thing. Right, my bad, my bad, my bad. It's Tuesday, uh, brain. And uh, I'm going to be playing a uh, captain of the guard, princess type character for that. So, yeah. Excellent. Cyberwolf, where can we find you? What do you do? Oh, hi. Uh, you can find me, uh, first off, on the Twitters at Cyberwolf21, where I post pretty much everything that I'm doing and just what comes to my mind. At random points of the day um i'll usually post there whenever i'm going to be streaming on my own channel 
twitch.tv slash cyberwolf1201. I hope I'm pointing at this. Um, you are. Where, where I play video games badly and talk about lore. We are going to be moving on to some new stuff because we just finished Pokemon. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to try to also stream on Tuesday nights, try to get some extra days, but yeah, you should you should tune into that. Uh, but for more RPG stuff, you can obviously find me here. Uh, and then for one more week, you can find me on Saturdays on Prairie Stars channel. Dragon Knights is so fucking good. God damn it. It's such a good game. Later in the month. I, actually, I think starting on the last day of the month. Uh, you will be able to find me on another game and another day on Pro Research Channel, uh, where I will be playing some D&D as a kiddo. I have no idea what kind of kiddo yet, but you'll be able to see me there with some really cool people. Um, and then uh, check out Open for Adventure. They're another 5th uh, edition D&D uh, stream. They stream tonight as well but check out their their vibes because they're they're cool yeah and i mean to be fair if you want to watch them live and catch up on the audio cast there are lots of places you can catch up on our audio cast <laughs> uh and of course danae where can we find you what do you do you can find me at danaekeener.com it's where i keep my portfolio because i do all kinds of nerdy drawings i also do commissions if you would like those and i do drawings for pertinier every session that we play um including this one which i'll post and you can go and see it there denikeener.com i'm so excited and i'm the indoor adventurer if you have made it this far you probably already knew that but in case you didn't uh all of the varieties of places that you can find me are podbean indoor or indooradventures.podbean.com uh, anchor.fm slash indoor adventures there's youtube.com slash indoor adventures uh, or youtube.com slash the indoor adventurer because somebody else took indoor adventures because they're chumps and not as cool as us but we are very close uh, to hitting 200 followers on twitch so I'm going to be trying to post more uh, about that to get more people involved because I really like this community uh, and you can find me here doing the same damn thing I uh, do every Monday and Tuesday, which is DMing for not only our homebrew game, but also DMing for our Waterdeep Dragon Heist game on Tuesdays. Uh, hopefully starting uh, either early next, early to mid next month. Uh, there's also going to be some new changes to the schedule that will leave Monday and Tuesday completely fine. But we're going to be adding more stuff, more days, more time, more of the same damn people at the same damn place. So stay looking forward to that. I don't know where I was going. I almost lost it, but here we are, found it again. So that is all that I have to say. That is all uh, we have. Oh, Patreon. Yeah, there you go. And if you would like to join us on our uh, Discord, what? It's, why doesn't it work? If you would like to join us at uh, our Discord, you can either subscribe to us on Twitch using that awesome free Amazon Prime subscription that you get for for having the Twitch, uh, or you can join us through Patreon. And Patreon, uh, you can 
get questions immediately to us via our questions for the courts. As after this, we are going to record an after show where we get to answer any and all questions that you have sent to us during or after the show. Uh, and of course, in Patreon, I also write an adventure every month that you get as just part of being a patron. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but that is going to be all of my spiel. So I wanted to say thank you all again for coming by and spending your time with us. And I hope that you enjoyed yourself because I know that we did. And we will see you guys next week. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.